0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we will be featuring '97 from 1990. That's September 7th, 1990 from the Richfield Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio. This is a um, show that is steeped in Grateful Dead history. Uh, as many people know, this was Vince Wellnick's first show. And, you know, sadly, uh, this came just at the heels of maybe six weeks after Brent's uh, death at the age of 37. Before we get into the show, um, we have a special guest. Um, first of all, for those, you know, for those uh, weekly listeners, you'll know that uh, the game typically will take over. You know, uh the speaking, the moderating role, however, game is feeling a little bit under the weather, but we do have a special guest today, and uh, this is one of the big mods from the Grateful Dead subreddit. www.reddit.com slash R slash Grateful Dead. This is post-crash Earnhardt. Say hello,
1: PCE. Hello, hello. Nice to hello. Uh, nice to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for uh wanting to join this kind of uh crazy thing that we all do every week here
1: it's my pleasure to be here uh, with you guys tonight and i'm looking forward to uh to maybe doing it again sometime in the future yeah, yeah assuming sure. you guys don't assuming you guys don't uh you know blackball me kick me out of this uh, crazy thing
0: yeah well let, let's see how That's it goes right tonight you know yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is rocket science Uh, But no, this is uh, season two, episode seven, episode number 60, I believe. So we've been doing this for quite some time. So uh, back in season one, episode one and two, I believe, we were all kind of quizzing each other and trying to get to know each other. And one of the you know biographical questions that we would ask each other um, is what got you on the bus, so to speak? So what got you into the Grateful Dead PCE? Um, What are your thoughts?
1: Man, I'm late to the rally. You know, honestly, it's... uh it's something that I picked up from uh, my father who was a big Mm -hmm. deadhead and he toured in, you know, uh, in, in the, in the back in the day years and the olden times. And, uh, and I grew up with the music in the house. And, uh, I think the, one of the comparable things is my mom hated it. And, uh, he was always (laughs) trying to convince her to listen, (laughs) something that we've probably all been through, but that's it, man. It came from there. And then as I grew older, uh, into my teens and and a little bit beyond that. It's something that stayed with me and my close circle of friends were always touring it on the road and, uh, you know, that's it. That's the story. I think that's the, probably the story for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I think it's – well, I know it's knob story, right?
2: I'm going to so, say – yeah, my dad followed him around for uh, 10 or 11 years right at the end and uh, I, I was in a similar where I grew up with it in the house and then the older I got, the more interested I got in it. As music and not just a nostalgic family noise. I think so. it's, I
1: think I, that noise, that nostalgic family noise, smells like Christmas time, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Wow. yeah. <laughs> That's why I, and I, I haven't really talked about this much on the show, but I can never get that mad at these 90s shows. Because a lot of the listening that went on in my house, a lot of the tapes that my dad had were from shows that he was at and a lot of 90s shows that he was at. And so, I, you know, I, it just sounds like nostalgia. Like, that is what being seven years old sounds like to me, is hearing a 93 dire wolf out of a speaker as I'm running through the kitchen, you know? Um, <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, that's funny. That's
2: funny. That's awesome. So it gives me a soft spot for Samba in the rain or whatever. Oh, gosh.
1: (laughs) You're the only one. Uh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't have those kind of sentimental attachments to uh, the Grateful Dead. My my parents always called themselves pseudo-hippies, which I think just means that they didn't smoke pot. (laughs) But they... uh, I mean, I have my dad's record collection. The guy probably smoked pot. (laughs) Um, Like, my my biggest... uh, anecdote from that is uh he had um iron butterfly in a devita like the album right yeah and i think the, i think the song is um one side right and like the vinyl was just like sheer it was like you could see a reflection in it because there's no grooves left because my dad just bore that thing down so you know that was he, that
1: was the story he was definitely smoking he was definitely oh, smoking
0: yeah he yeah. went to college in the 70s yeah like you let's don't
2: listen give it to Inag- up in a devita that many times sober <laughs> a couple of times sure
0: but, There's only one reason you're listening to it. The 30-minute version that yeah. much. Yeah, and that's okay. Yeah. That's um right. so yeah, this is interesting cuz
2: Grateful Dead podcast to to knock people down a few pegs for smoking weed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, remember they were pseudo hippies, so like you know, they had yes, to like, you know, of pretend, course. you know. Um so you know, in my life, I've actually gone through phases where I was on the bus and off the bus and on the bus. And it actually probably had to do with, you know, uh, imbibing, um, <laughs> so to speak, but PCE, has that ever happened to you? And it's interesting. I know it didn't happen to knob, nah, but I wonder if you,
1: you know, have a similar, if I kind of came in and out kind of thing. Yeah. yeah like I mean, the... for sure. Okay. For sure. For sure. There were times, you know, where, I mean, it's, it's always been there, you know, but there were definitely times when, uh, when it wasn't my number one on the playlist for sure. I followed, you know, for years, man, my, one of my favorite groups was, um, it, or is, I should say widespread panic. I love panic and, uh, the right. almond brothers. And, nice. um, I seen the stones, uh, a number of times. They're one of my favorite groups and, uh, you know, for sure, man, periods, but yeah. it's, it's always something that's been there, you know, and, and right. the weirdest thing, it's like when you're, you find you find it again in the strangest places because, I remember one time we were we were traveling in the US and um and we were in a restaurant somewhere in the south and I think in Louisiana and if I remember correctly uh, and I heard a car drive by. We were sitting on a patio and a car drove by and Scarlet Begonias was playing and I was like, Man, it's been a long time since I listened to the dead and it really, really had been maybe like six months since I was, you know, listening heavily to the to them and going through the repertoire, but that just sparked it. So yeah, for sure. There are times when you, when you fall off and come back to it, but it's, it's something that's always been there and, and, you know, I, it's probably always going to be there.
0: Awesome. Well said, man. So, uh, do you have a favorite era? Has that era changed throughout your listening?
1: Uh, yes. My favorite era is definitely, um, Brent's era. Uh, I love the eighties. But the weird thing king is, Brent, we call him. I guess what's that, King Brent? Oh, uh, we call him I King usually, Brent. Yeah, he's King. Call him King Brent. Yeah, he's King for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, what's funny to What's funny sometimes is I find myself listening to to seventies dead in the eighties. You know, um, mm-hmm. I I just love something about Jerry's, you know, getting older and looking a little funny, and you know, not having great vocal nights all the time and and i like that i like that i like a little bit of gristle you know what i mean um so yeah the 80s i would say would be my my go-to i love keith and i love um the 70s as well uh the 90s you know there were some good 90s um mm-hmm. some bad 90s yeah. but uh i'd say yeah. the 80s i'd say my, my my top key would be the 80 80 year nice
0: yeah we've had uh what was it now three or four 90 shows uh, in a row here?
2: Yeah, this is our third, fourth.
1: Yeah, I could yeah. i could consult the spreadsheet, but I won't bore the listeners. I don't mind. I don't mind the '90s. I like early '90s, and I like spring yeah. or summertime '90s because it gives me that vibe of when I yeah. was going through shows, you know, in the summer and the sun's out and that kind of stuff. That it is a vibe. Stuff.
0: And and by then they were just you know they were kind of. It was manufactured in a way. The scene like they were trying changed. to catch that vibe. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah.
1: sure. Uh, so this, more, is third, this is our third.
0: This is our third ninety, 90 show. In show. In yep. Wow. We had three twenty four ninety one, nine seven ninety. Nope, that was today. Three six ninety four and the nine seven ninety. So, uh, a lot of Vince shows.
2: Show.
1: Ninety four is getting late, man.
2: Yeah. Oh, and you. I'm uh, not to rehash last week's episode, but you you can hear it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. But uh, but that's yeah. what's that's what's fun about this little project that we do. You know, everything is randomized. We don't get to choose what we listen to. I have a randomized spreadsheet that tells us what we listen to. It's quite like Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, in that we are captive to our overlord, uh, the spreadsheet, and um, <laughs> at its whim. So, uh, the last question I will ask before we get into some Channel 6, because we got some news. And actually, it's somewhat coincidental to uh, some news that we talk about. Last week, we talked about the Tom Hamilton uh, AMA on Reddit, to Ask Me Anything on the Grateful Dead subreddit. And that yeah. was facilitated yeah. by our very own p- post-crash Earnhardt. So, uh, first of all,
1: great mm-hmm. get, man. That was awesome. Yeah, they're they're fun, man. And Tom's, Tom's a cool guy. Um, super, super calm, Like, very really nice just easy to talk to and uh i didn't didn't get to talk to him a whole lot here and there a little bit over the last few weeks but really cool guy and it was a good get for sure i uh i hope everybody enjoyed it um that's all a uh, labor of love that multiple hands go into so it's not certainly not just me that's uh, involved in it for some reason i get to post about it but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of work
0: <laughs> yeah so so is it other mods on the subreddit then
1: um, the only other mod that helps me on the subreddit, uh, is, uh, Mr. Danger. So our, you know, our, our, uh, our, our, chief in command, I guess he, uh, he does a lot for, for the actual live process of the, uh, AMAs, but, mm-hmm. um, that's it. That's the only other mod who really has a hand in it. Uh, I've outsourced a few different little things here and there to certain mods, but, uh, it's, okay. um, it's kept pretty tight. It's kept pretty close to the body. Cool.
0: All right, so you're just pulling strings and getting some awesome AMAs, and it definitely uh, increases, uh, you know, the, you know, what makes the subreddit great um, is having these, uh, these events from time to time. And the Tom Hamilton AMA was was really cool, and, and he was really open about, um, about himself and about what he's trying to do. I really liked it. Uh, Nabi, you want to talk about the AMA?
2: He said that my question was a good question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, I really enjoy it. Like you said, uh, Tom is super open. He's super thoughtful about what he does. Like every, there was no answer that felt that off the cuff. You could tell that he was always really thinking about it before giving you an answer, uh, and I just appreciated that that picking mm-hmm. of his brain that we all got to do.
1: It's weird. It's weird because hearing you guys talk about it from from your perspective is completely different than how it goes in my mind. It's like most of the time I'm I'm biting my nails hoping there's no tech issue or there's no reddit reddit doesn't go down you know randomly for 14 hours and it's it's tough too because you're you're managing so what's that now did you say something I was just going to say it's it's tough too because you know you're managing someone who is doing it on their own from wherever they are in the world and you're always kind of watching and refreshing the feed to see you know like why has it been twelve minutes before, you know, since he's answered the last question? It's has something terrible gone wrong, <laughs> you know, like so it's Or well, they're just
0: done, right? Like, I mean, what's just someone in front of a, you know, computer? Like, what if like you know, the doorbell rings, you know, it's like <laughs> anything could be yeah. happening at that point.
1: Yeah. And and you know, the, the other thing is is like you can kind of you can kind of tell we always set a time limit and we always set a loosely like penciled in time for you know when it starts, when it stops, and if the person's having a good time and they want to keep going, and there's a big question volume and there's enough questions to keep going, then you can keep going. Yeah. But you can kind of tell when the person's done because they start doing like one or two word answers. Or they say, row, see, my, kind of like, okay, "See my
0: answer above" or something.
1: Yeah. Right. But I or they we, talk about the rampart. Whole, yeah. Go completely off topic or something. The whole time, I'm you know I'm in contact with them, you know, to say like, you know, how's it going, this and kind of thing, and. And they usually just say, "Okay, cool, I'm all I'm all set, or I'm all done now." So, and then I just kind of close it off and say a thank you message. But um, it's a nail biter, so it's funny to hear you guys say, you know, what your perspective is on it. I, I like that. I was intently listening. That's awesome, man. Well,
0: thanks a lot for doing what you do. And I will say, there was a little bit of a um, what Easter egg here. Maybe a little. He was dropping some hints of what's going on, but um, he he started a little bit late. I I think. He says, "So sorry, got stuck mm. in a recording session." Yeah, um, and yeah. then PCE comes in and says, "On account of being late, uh, can we get an exclusive sneak peek at that recording session?" <laughs> to which Tom <laughs> Hamilton did not reply, but you know that's that's no, a cool little Easter egg for J fans, and I don't know what he's up yeah. to, but he's he's recording, which is pretty awesome.
3: All right, um,
0: interesting not- to see. Yeah, absolutely. So, the next item on our Channel 6 uh, news update here is it was Phil's 83rd birthday, or it will be, and there's a run? Is, was, okay.
2: But okay. there right. is a, a Capitol Theater run. It started last night. It's, uh, what's his name? Rick Goose. <laughs> I know he has a last name, but he's Rick Goose to me. <laughs> and the uh, the Trey Band horn section, Molo. Peteski's doing this one? It was a cool lineup. I listened to the show and it, it was a lot of fun. I, in general it's... Phil and Friends is pretty consistently a good time and this has been kind of a go-to lineup for Phil lately with, mm-hmm. with Rick Goose and the, the Trey Band Horns. and it, uh, They're getting better and better and there was some really cool stuff going on.
0: I would just like to say first of all, happy birthday to Phil. Second of all dude's 83. 83. Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. incredible. I mean, incredible that he's 83. Incredible that he's on the road. Incredible that we got to listen to him. Yeah.
1: Who do you think's aged better, Bobby or Phil?
2: There's
0: a significant age gap, though, right?
1: Yeah.
2: I I I I know for sure when Bob is Phil's age, but... Right, right, right. I would almost say, though,
1: if you put a stranger to the dead... In front of a picture of the two of them, I'd say yeah. they're probably calling it pretty neck and neck.
2: It's, I think the the beard especially ages yeah. Bobby, and a clean shaven yes. Phil could look pretty close to Bob's age.
0: Well, and then Bob can yeah, also I hide can the age under the beard as well. like, like, like Bobby's kind of timeless. I would say, like I, I do think Phil kind of looks those like arms it.
2: Arms that could crush a cantaloupe or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, still wearing Bobby Bobby shorts. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man. And and posting about it on Instagram, but um, I don't know. Phil looks like an eighty-three year old to me. I mean, you know, he dyes his hair. Probably, you know, he's whoa, not whoa. a silver fox. What is that? Isn't that a surprise to somebody that he dyes his whoa. hair? <laughs> Hold on. Um, you know, there's some things he does. I think probably, um, Bobby has aged better. To answer your question, yeah. Um, but it's the yoga, right? The so yoga. We will, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um and, and he's Instagram famous, so you know that that keeps you young. So let's talk more about Bobby with the the Wolf Brothers tour coming to a close. Nob got any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, it was cool. This past weekend the Wolf Brothers tour wrapped up with two shows at the Ryman. Uh, if you pressed me, the first night was better than the second night. Uh, but both shows were a lot of fun. Uh, the Wolf Brothers I think have been getting better and better every year post-pandemic the wolf packs added a lot to their sound and the more comfortable they've all gotten with each other Uh, and this was a really nice show of that pretty much everything worked both in its improvisation and in its tightness it was just a really good display of what this band can do
0: awesome very cool all right well thanks for that intrepid update um, we will now get into the main event, so to speak, of the podcast, which is uh, this week's show. Once again, it's September seventh of nineteen ninety. Very historic show. Vince Welnick's first show. Jerry actually introduces Vince right after Birdsong, which is which is really a tough spot. <laughs> you know, after kind of eulogizing Brent, uh, who died only about six weeks before. Uh, you know, he gets introduction. Um, you know, you know, directly after Birdsong. Uh, Tough spot for Vince to be in. Let's see um, what uh, the crew thought about it. Let's start with set one. Cold Rain Snow into Walking Blues. Uh, We get Ramble On, Rose, Me and My Uncle into Big River, Althea, When I Paint My Masterpiece, Birdsong, as I mentioned, and then Picasso Moon, and then they end set one with U.S. Blues. Nob, what were your thoughts on Vince's first ever set one with The Grateful Dead? Uh
2: Oh. This is a show that you kind of can't just listen to. You have to take the historical context yeah. in with it. And, and bluntly, you hear it. Uh, these first few songs, I, I enjoy. The the Walkin' Blues, I thought, was especially strong. But y- you can, throughout this show, you can hear 90s dead struggle to be born. This is very much, we're getting there. And it it, it works sometimes, but you can hear us getting there. Um... Yeah, I liked... Uh, Vince really impressed me on that Walkin' Blues. I didn't, uh... I wasn't too wowed by anything in the cold rain and snow, but but I really liked that. Um, the, the, the set really gets good for me at Big River. That's where it really starts killing. The energy is super nice. Jerry's got some great solos. In general with this show, I'm very impressed with the rhythm section. Phil and the drummers are really keeping it tight uh, as... Bobby, Jerry, and Vince work out in real time how they play together now. It's very mm-hmm. interesting listening to Bobby especially, because you can hear him try and figure out what is his role now compared to what his role was with Brent. Um, <laughs> Althea was, was slinky. I thought it sounded really nice. Uh, Jerry's on, the band's bringing it. I thought it was funny that Jerry sang the wrong lyrics on the Althea bridge. He started doing one of the pre-chorus parts, uh, but it was still a lot of fun, some great solos. Masterpiece is awesome. Like, I like this song a lot, <laughs> but I was really impressed with when I paint my masterpiece. It had a really nice build. The early parts were able to, to be quieter and give them room to grow. That last verse was really high energy. It was nice. And I love that they were able to maintain that laid back groove throughout. Uh, and a really nice Jerry solo here. I, I would put Masterpiece as a, a set highlight.
0: Just to jump in with a question as I was listening yeah. to it. Was there a middle eight that they included uh, in Masterpiece that they don't typically include? Uh, there was get, some strange uh, chord changes and even some lyrics I just did not really recall.
2: Oh, sailing around the world in a dirty gondola? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, that's always part of the song. I think the instrumental leading up to it was longer than usual.
0: I, okay, I, I've heard many of A Grateful Dead Masterpiece. I don't think I've heard Dylan's Masterpiece, but in my, my head headcanon from, from my listening was that they usually drop a middle eight because there was something that they put in this 9790 Masterpiece that I've never heard before. Hmm. But maybe I was just making stuff up.
2: That's interesting because the big reason that that bridge exists like it does is it gives them room to do the key change. It, that's what takes us from the, the G major that the song starts into the A major that it's going to end in. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Huh. We'll talk about that more off camera. Sure. Uh, Mike, I just forgot there's not cameras here. Uh, I like the bird song. I really do. It's the first jam of the night. Vince gets some really nice synthy stuff. Uh, the harmonies are still being figured out, and the chorus doesn't have its usual oomph, but I really enjoy the jam. There's some nice growth to it, a lot of weird sounds, a lot of weird sounds, but everything feels like a response to the weird sound that came before it. And there were two varied jams. It, they, it was just a nice display of what Vince Era Dead can do at this point, almost a little other oney towards the end. It was a very pretty bird song. Um, can I throw a little bit of trivia at the two of you? Oops. Do you know what? Do you know what song Vince Wellnick teased after they introduced him? As I'd like you all to meet Vince Wellnick playing keyboards.
1: I didn't catch it. At uh, the beginning, of, at the beginning of Birdsong.
2: At, at the end, uh, of right of end Birdsong, Bird beginning when they introduced him. It
1: after.
0: wasn't Picasso Moon.
2: No, no.
1: it's not. But a dead it was tune. Picasso Moon that they oh. went into right after, right? Yeah, yes, exactly.
2: Uh, he plays a quick little line, and this was it. Is, Woody Woodpecker. It is not Woody Woodpecker. Okay. I'm going into my game show voice. Uh, <laughs> uh, the answer I'm looking for is, in fact, "Jet Song" from West Side Story. He throws in a little bit of da da na 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 da da na oh. na someone with a, a BFA in theater. I need to <laughs> flex it somewhere, and this is the only chance I. Get I should have known. Without it feeling shoehorned in. Or more streaming horned in. Anyway, back well, to the show. I, hey,
0: I just want to say oh. that I appreciated yeah. that piece of trivia.
2: Thank you. Thank that was you.
0: good. I did, I did like that as well.
2: I love a good, I love a good Leonard Bernstein quote. Um, good. A good line, too. I, okay. I like Picasso Moon. I do. I usually do. I did not like this Picasso Moon. Oh.
0: It, it, was,
2: it was just a little busy. Bob was really into it, and that was nice, and it had a couple moments where all the stars aligned, and everything was working, but it felt like the noises were not the sum of their parts. Um, it it was definitely not a favorite of mine, both within the set and of Picasso moods. Uh, A weird place for U.S. blues, but it's a fun place to put U.S. blues. It's a nice up-tempo rendition of the song. It's not Jerry's best solo of the night, but it's a really fun one nevertheless. It's a really good way to close set one. I'm not in love with this show, but again, taking it for what it is, the second half of set one is especially impressive. Uh, What did you think, Fig?
0: Um, I would agree with that that last take. Uh, This, you know, we've listened to a lot of 90s shows uh, over the past couple weeks, and Frequent listeners will know our thoughts about Vince, although I think he did make an MVP uh, a couple of weeks back.
2: Vince? Um, nothing against Vince? Well,
0: I have nothing against right. him, but.
2: I mean, I've heard he, about Bob he had... O'Reilly, but I generally have nothing oh, against Vince.
0: <laughs> you had to bring up Bob O'Reilly. <laughs> um, and tomorrow never knows. It's the caterwauling. Really, when it comes down to it, it's the caterwauling. Also, I had, you know, okay, let me take a couple steps back. Um, <laughs> this show made me kind of stop and think about my thoughts about Vince in a way that it wasn't just like on a show-by-show basis. Um, And also that's kind of unfair because this was his first show and I'm I'm sure the nerves were on. Um, But what he does to the Dead Sound is he provides color and he provides... like he he makes the sound so much bigger and he provides this majesty to the grateful dead and it, it really is a huge part of their 90s sound and kind of a part the part of the sound that i don't know that that you just kind of remember because it was the last sound right um and and so that's that's awesome uh he focuses on ambient tones right and especially a lot in this show because i think mm-hmm. he didn't really know what else to do but he was just kind of creating like maybe the canvas to which the other musicians would paint their masterpieces mm-hmm. if you will Nice. Um, and I think he does that. You know, I think that's one of the things that he excels at um, with his tenure with the Dead. But the problem is, and maybe this was just kind of growing pains with Jerry. Um, was this was the '90s, so MIDI reigned supreme, and yeah. Jerry's MIDI tones sounded awfully like Vince's keyboard tones. And Same.
2: there were a couple of times where Bobby's MIDI tones too. I, I it could have been a Vince keyboard thing. It
0: could have been. I don't know.
2: It could be both different points are different yeah
0: but but my point is like i if i can't make that separation you know like that that's a problem like i don't know who's you know it's it's hard to tell who's playing what and then it just becomes kind of like you know you know a garage band kind of situation um but i don't think you know i think that that was, that was a specific critique that i have of this show i never typically feel that way about other Vince shows. But, but let's get into it on a kind of song-by-song song, uh, breakdown. I don't have too much. Um, but I, I do want to say this is a great Jerry night for me, and that might spoil a set down the line. I, I felt like Jerry was putting out his best to kind of elevate Vince on, on this night. So Cole, Ray, and Snow, I thought Jerry just sounds great. I thought his guitar sounded great. I thought his voice sounded great. Um, Vince, in his kind of introductory you know, salvo, was just completely mediocre. It was like, okay, Vince Welnick. And then it was just him doing like some like church organ key changes. Yeah. And it was just, it was just really bad with like a weird tone. Like I think, I forget what tone it was, but it was like, you know, like a reedy bagpipe tone or something. It was like, yeah. why was that your choice? But the crowd eats it up, you yeah. know. And then that's cool. It was cool to hear. Uh, there's a Matrix out there. I'd definitely recommend the the Matrix for that. Um, so yeah, the crowd loves it. We get into Walking Blues, which is actually really good. I, I enjoyed that. Ramble on Rose, I got nothing for. Big River, uh, big plus for Jerry. Like again, I, I thought he elevated his his playing. Um, Althea was good. Althea was was a really good version. I don't have much you know to add to that, but I would agree with that uh, masterpiece. I really did like, even though they had that strange middle eight, at least to my ears. Now Birdsong comes and. You know this is a real strength of Vince's like he knows how to jam. He knows how to make a bird song good, and he figured it out very, very quickly. Um, it was an incredible bird song it was it was very emotional um because I think they do I think they were eulogizing uh, Brent in, in a big way and and Vince uh, roasted the occasion i thought I thought he was great. um really, all of his jams uh, tonight were were superb, which is interesting because you would think that that would require you know like a different wavelength you know for him to get than than kind of the more musician wavelength of doing you know what, the key changes and stuff but the dead play a lot of songs so he probably had a lot of stuff going on in his head uh Picasso moon I love this version um I usually you know dig the song but this was a really cool really fun really rockin version of it so I appreciated that and uh US blues oh okay so here this goes to my critique it's the caterwauling and he starts doing it on US blues and it's like dude you know you didn't have to caterwall and you did it A little pitchy but again micromanaging um I agree with you that the set does get better and we're going to kick it over to PCE PCE what were your thoughts about the first set of 979 I mean I
1: I love it I thought it was a great 90 awesome. show I think it was um I think it's a it's is there's something funny about the first set because there's 10 songs and um yeah. and I think that's rare for uh, like an 89 90 91 era type show I don't think they did big sets like that so i mean it was a good it was a good first set i like cold rain and snow um i agree that it took a little while to heat up so i mean big river althea masterpiece that that part of the set was you know definitely picking up steam um the bird song was definitely about brent you know like eulogizing him in that way You, you could feel it funny story um i asked around a little bit to some people that i know That were at this show, and they said that there was a huge snowstorm and they almost canceled the show. And uh, in September
0: in Ohio, uh, yeah, that's what they said. That's like summertime, at least according to weather nowadays. Uh, it was
1: around
0: in 1990, there there
1: was quite a storm apparently wow. from what the story is, and that there was it was there were snow and hail and that there was a risk of canceling the show. And apparently, as it was told to me, they were not supposed to play Old Rain and Snow that night. And lo and behold, they opened the set with it. So that's, awesome. that's the story that I got. Um uh, nice. from a pretty credible source. So I mean unless they were, you know, tripping which could have been, you know, a likely yeah, possibility maybe I'm going to um, ask
0: Chet GPT exactly what happened. So
1: we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it. Cool. Yeah. Well, you'll keep me in the loop on that. Because it's an investigation <laughs> to do myself. Um, but yeah, the first set was good. I liked it. Um, I'm a big masterpiece guy. So that was, that was a nice one yeah. for me. It was great.
0: All right. Very excellent. Thank you. All right. So let's jump into set two. Because the night kept rocking with China Rider. Ah, uh, into truckin', into crazy fingers, into playin', into drums and space. We got a miracle, Black Peter, and uh, set two ended with love Light, and we'll just talk about the encore because it was Knocking on heaven's door. Wow, um, not. Nah, why don't you go ahead again? I'm still talking to Chat Jet, Chat Jet, Jet, Jet GPT right now.
2: Sure, sure, sure. Tell Chat Jet, Chat tell Jet GPT <laughs> I say hello. Um, it's hard to say. Yeah, it's a, a, a fun second set. There's some good vibes on the China Cat to start. It's a little on the slower side, but they lean into that, that comfortable groove. Uh, I really enjoy the, the jam. Uh, it starts in a quieter place, which gives it some really nice growing room. And in general, that's something I'm impressed with tonight. They give all of the jams just some nice places to go. Uh, the energy really peaks as we get into that rider transition, which is really nice. This rider's a little more uh, laid back. It's it's not as piss and vinegar, high energy as sometimes you want here. Uh, but it's still a really nice. It's a very feel good version of I know you rider. I really enjoy it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, a clean truckin. Truckin is a highlight of set two for me. Everything about it just works. It it, it go of it, uh, my checklist of a good truckin. This one gets it. Every every single spot. The jam's really nice. The hits are all clean. Bobby remembers most of the words. There's some mild applause when Bobby says the f word. Um, and I I love that bluesy jam at the end. It almost sounded like we were gonna start getting your your Wang Dang Doodle or your Spoonful or one of those Bobby Blues tunes, but uh, a very pretty transition into Crazy Fingers. And you don't you don't always get pretty out of truckin', which was nice. Um. I think Crazy Fingers was a very ambitious song for Vince's first night. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough chord progression, with some tough harmonies, and the band are still locking in those harmonies on easier songs. Crazy Fingers just doesn't do it for me. There's nothing really wrong with it, you, you can just hear the effort that they're putting into making the magic happen. There are other mm. songs where they're able to just make it happen, but this is a song where you you, you could just feel them thinking as they make it happen. It almost finds it during the end, I will say. Some interesting vibes going into playing in the band. Uh, the playing in the band is a lot of fun, it's fast, it's energized, the whole band's really into it. You get some really nice Vince and Jerry interplay on the jam. Vince playing, like, lines, but like you were saying, a lot of it's about setting up ambient sounds to support what Jerry's doing. It's a very Nintendo 64 synth from Vince. (laughs) Um, Around 10 minutes in, everyone turns on their fucking MIDI pedals, and it gets super MIDI heavy. If there is any song tonight that is a snapshot of what Vince-era Dead is going to sound like for better and for worse, it is this playing in the band. Um, It gets pretty weird, but it doesn't stay there too long. It doesn't really bug me. I'm, I'm exaggerating for comedic hyperbole uh it then goes to a quiet and tense place which is a really nice vibe to bring us into drums which I skipped cuz i was running behind <laughs> um with that then takes us into a really badass i need a miracle everything just clicked black peter is is the highlight of this oh man l- later half of the the drums or even just the second set i uh i'm curious what your oh man was about well, the old man is that
0: I did not have opportunity to listen to the last half of Set 2, so I missed wow, Black Peter, wow. and I missed Heaven's Door, man. I feel yeah, like Black, Black Peter was, was great. Really good. I like I haven't I, done justice to the show, but go ahead.
2: There's only, I, for this being the show after Brent passed, there's really only three songs tonight that feel like they're about that. The Bird Song in Set 1, the Black Peter in Set 2, and the knocking on Heaven's Door encore at the end of the night. And, oh, you feel it in this Black Peter. It hits hard. Yeah. Jerry is giving it his all. Yeah. It works for me in the way that Crazy Fingers doesn't. You, you don't feel them working that hard. No one is overplaying. They are just making the magic happen and eulogizing their dear friend. It, it was really nice. Uh, and then some fun vibes on Lovelight, Jerry's. Jerry's playing around with his midi sax and that, it gets a genuine laugh out of me. Uh, And a really tight Jerry solo at the end. It's a very short love light, only, I think it's under six minutes. But they get some really nice stuff out of it. It's a very short but sweet love light. And then Heaven's Door, like Black Peter, there's a lovely sensitivity to it. I have said this before and I will say it again, I'm not the hugest fan of the Grateful Dead doing, knocking on Heaven's Door. This is a really good rendition of Knocking on Heaven's Door. Uh, Jerry sings the hell out of it, and again, no one is overplaying here. Everyone's adding very sparse, but just right contributions to make this song click. Um, I genuinely don't know which set I liked more, but there was some really strong playing in both sets. Not just for it being Vince's first show, but there's some good songs just in general. Uh, what'd you think, P.C.?
1: Um, I mean, we're I I think we're pretty well right on uh, on par. Um, the knocking on heaven's door was great. It was very heart, heartfelt. Jerry was banging yeah. right on uh, the Black Peter too, um, tugging at the heartstrings for sure. I'm not a love light guy. I gotta say, man. like I I I'm not. It's not my favorite. Um, but yeah, good good set. Um, Are I you a give it big love like, light guy,
0: or you're just not a oh, um, man? Hobby I was
1: hoping you weren't.
0: I'm, I'm sorry, like, you know like, what?
1: This is not name. <laughs> no, um I'm not in this this hurts. This will hurt some people. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not a pig. I'm not a big pig pen fan to be honest. That's okay. There's a few there's a few things I like, but honestly, uh, uh, I'm not a big pig pen fan. Um so I like Pigpen's pens, love light. I don't like Bobby's love light at all. And I wish they would sure. never do it. I, I like set two over set one. I'll leave it at that. Now that I'm not going okay. to walk away. Oh, okay. and side note, uh, this, my snowstorm reference that I made earlier has, uh, come into question. The person, the credible source that I asked about it, um, earlier in the week, uh, has, that has told me that they have no idea what I'm talking about. So, uh, yeah, not sure. Let's retract that.
0: Okay. Well, I'll be perfectly honest that I uh, went to Weather Underground and looked up uh, historical weather for Cleveland, which I think is where Richboro is, or Rich whatever. Where, wherever we are. Richfield. Um, I'm not quite sure about that, but there was a... Uh, there was like a rainstorm that came through, but... Um, okay.
1: No oh, snow. Is, Maybe some hail. It's,
0: it's no snow. Yeah, yeah, we'll give it hail. We'll give them hail. Okay, we'll give it hail. We'll give yeah, it we hail. Give hail. Yeah, we'll give them hail. All right, <laughs> so... <on> <laughs> Um yeah, so my my uh, commentary which will be short. Fair? I yeah, I really like the China writer. Um it was uh, just fun and good and, and again I thought Jerry was really elevating himself um you know for the uh, gravity of the day. Uh trucken was I think I used the word jaunty, which may have been in my head because Nob likes the word jaunty.
2: I love the word jaunty. <laughs> I just songs here as Jaunty in my notes.
0: Yeah, very jaunty. Like, I mean, the, the 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 band was up. They were they were trying to make this happen, which is cool. You know, I mean, it, and it's cool to see them in in a state of transition at this later point in their career. Um, you yeah, know, so it's it's cool that we have this um, to look back to. Did anybody watch the video by any chance? I did not. I've seen
1: uh, I've seen yeah. the video. I can't I can't remember it. But this yeah. is a great show. I love this show. It's a great ninety. Yeah, this it, great ninety show. It's just. It,
0: it's a cool like artifact. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just cool that like we, we have this to to look back upon, including um, and, a video.
1: Can, can you imagine the, the vibe? The vibe must've been super weird at this show. Yeah, You know, like Brent, Brent had just died. You, oh, another thing too. Stevie Ray Vaughan had just died like a, what, mm. like a week before this show mm. at Alpine. Oh wow. Yeah. So that must've been weird.
0: Yeah. Um, actually we have a Reddit comment about that. Hmm. Some somewhat about that, tangentially about that. We'll get to that. Um, okay, so let me just finish up here. So Truckin', I I just read that this guy can jam. I actually really like the uh, the little tail jam with Truckin'. And then Crazy Fingers, I, I see where you're coming from, Nob. I did not have such a, uh, a critical take to it. I really like Jerry's transition jam. It was just kind of cool to hear him noodling and and you know, it was just him for like maybe two minutes. Of, you know. Yeah while he was transitioning from trucking into the crazy fingers. No, um this look right. Yeah, that was really cool. That was that was that was a highlight for me. Um Little cliche, but I felt like you could hear the hurt in Jerry's vocals. You know, I always think of Jerry as a very emotive singer. So, you know, so that was coming out in Crazy Fingers. And I thought this was, this worked in a way that crazy, good Crazy Fingers work, in the sense that it really takes you on a journey. Like you feel like, and and maybe it's that kind of key change or maybe when it goes from minor to major at the end there where you kind of feel Mm -hmm. uplifted. They did a really good job with that. And I felt like that was um, kind of awesome. Yeah. And and there were some, you know, some bad harmony (laughs) in Crazy Fingers, definitely. Ah, uh, playing in the band. Now, this was a highlight uh, to me. It was um, very up tempo, extremely up tempo for playing in the band. Very adventurous jam, adventurous feeling. The jam itself, and 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 mind you, last week I was scared of <laughs> playing in the band jam. So, you know typically I don't expect quite a jaunty, if you will, uh, playing in the jam, playing in the band jam. As we it got, it was long too. And it was long, and, and it was interesting. It sounded like the jam between Scarlet and Fire. And if you listen to Phil, like I, just, I, I, in my mind, I was like, this sounds like a Scarlet Fire jam. And then Phil, god bless him, was playing frickin' Fire in the Mountain <laughs> in the middle of it. Or at least he was doing the, uh, the octaves kind of uh, yeah. feel on the, ba- on the bass. And, and you know, he, I, don't, I mean, it was kind of like a pseudo reggae that he was getting into. They, and of course, they didn't go into it. But that would have been really cool. Um. Did Dead and Company do that? Do they do playing into fire or my?
2: They've done every. They've put everything in the middle of Scarlet Fire.
0: Okay, Uh, so that's it. That that's all I got for set two. Um, if I had some more time, I would definitely, I'd definitely check out the Black Peter. Definitely want to hear that Heaven's Door, Uh, and I might go back and do that. So PCE. So here's what we do. Um, at after we review the show, we then ask ourselves if this would make our Book of the Dead. And the Book of the Dead is some fictional book that we may or may not you know, ever make, where, yeah, it's kind of like the greatest hits of the year or of the season of the podcast. Uh, did we really like the show? And I'll start off with Nom. Nom, did this make your Book of the Dead?
2: Uh no i liked it i'm not you know it's not gonna go in my book of the bad dead shows but no i'm not putting this one in in book of the dead
0: okay PCE.
1: um i don't think so i think the only reason that this one would stand a chance to make the print uh in the book would be because it was vince's first show and maybe everybody's first show throughout the years gets added in just because but I mean, aside from a few highlights, it's it's a good ninety show. It's it's probably not one that I would seek out to listen to again on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely some good highlights. I would say no, not making the book.
0: Cool, uh, and and I will agree with that. And again, it, you know, it's great that we have this. Um, it's great that we have it, you know, fully accessible in the archive for free. It's still unbelievable to me uh, that we have this, uh, you know, in our lives. And it's good from, like, a historical perspective. And this podcast, let's face it, you know, it is a historical, you know, has a historical bent to it. So, you know, it's great for the podcast. Uh, personally, does it make my Book of the Dead? No, because there was some, not some great playing, and they were just kind of still feeling each other out. So, PCE said that set two was was his favorite set, um, and just, uh, you know, to lay down the ground rules uh you know majority rules for which set we're going to attach to the end of this podcast or i'm going to ask my friend game when he's feeling better to attach to the end of it so i'm not gonna well let's see who wants the power here fig or knob fig why don't you why don't you go oh yeah i'm fig no, why don't you go
2: yeah fig why don't you go <laughs> <laughs> this is what you just do it
1: my mind just do to a me it. impression just do it just go
2: in <laughs> this is what i do <laughs> that's so much meaner Ooh. than i would do as an impression of you um i don't know you go i don't have an answer i yet. see I yeah but that was that goes. was my
0: that's why I, I asked you to go fig i mean nob. um <laughs> where's game man where's game <laughs> okay okay uh, i'm looking i want to go with set two because um because pce said so <laughs> um no set one they were you know Again, set one, the only reason I would do it is for the historical angle. Like this is Vince's first set of his first film. But right. you know, as a as a playing specimen, it just wasn't great for a lot of it, and um the listeners don't need that. And I think we've done set ones for the last couple of weeks, so that's why I'm gonna do set two. Nob.
2: Yeah, that convinced me. Um, I think <laughs> the later half of set one has probably my favorite stretch of the show, yeah. from, uh, from Big River through Birdsong. But in terms of general consistency, I give it to set two over set one.
0: All right. Um, for time purposes, I'm just going to kind of think that we all think that Vince gets the MVP for the night.
2: Thanks. I just want to... Can I say that I think it's Phil? Phil.
0: I mean I that's rude, but sure. T-
2: I know, I know, I know. But it's it was Phil's birthday, yesterday, thing, right? so it's less rude. Um, no, Vince. Holds yeah, but, his yeah, own. but
0: this we know- a week after, so it's nothing right. now.
2: Okay.
1: Do we know what everybody well, was doing though? Like, is is there is there a possibility that someone backstage, something somewhere, did something heroic and they're not getting the MVP here by that's accident? True. Or, that's that's very true. Yeah you, what, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I want
2: my MVP pick to be Ramrod. Yeah, let's
1: give it to like let's give it to like Bob Bralev, who probably mixed the MIDI as best as he could.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm to give it to Big Steve Parrish.
1: Yeah. Parish Parrish has enough. Don't worry about it.
0: All right. So we got uh PC, you're good with V dubs? Vince? Yeah, yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you awesome. gotta give it to Vince, right? Yeah,
0: you gotta give it to- I mean honestly like like it's admirable. He must have been scared. Yeah. It. I mean there's twenty thousand people in that Coliseum. I looked it up. Um, that's a lot of people to you know, with a lot of expectations, a lot of weight on shoulders.
1: It's, you know, it's not like Vince wasn't a seasoned player, but you're you're stepping on stage for the first time with the Grateful Dead after the yep. career that they had going into 1990. You know, like yeah, it's you got to give it to Vince. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. All right, so we did have one Reddit comment. It would have been nice to hear some more from the uh, community here about the show. Um let's see here. Nob why don't you do uh, it was from our, our friend our guard six nine three seven and hours like time. Um, Nob, why don't you be our guard and I'll be me? Because there's Go a little ahead. bit of a back and forth.
2: Sure. A nice conversation, if you will, a dialogue. Yes. <clears throat> <laughs> I was at that show. Unfortunately, I don't remember anything musically standing out, but I do remember quite vividly how awful the local cops and site security were. Horrible parking lot scene after the show. I remember we exited quickly and drove the 5 or 10 miles to our campsite in his Jeep CJ7.
0: And then he continues, and there was that uh, snow squall in the middle of September that just caught everybody off guard. No, I'm kidding. Um, So I write, um, you know, I really was trying to Get some sort of uh, insight, you know, maybe pick the person's brain about the music. Because, uh, yeah, cops suck. Um, I write back, neat. Any recollection at all about how the crowd reacted to events? Now, mind you, I could have probably looked at the video or um, listened to The Matrix or The Odd and, and heard, but uh, I just wanted to get, you know, someone's uh, firsthand recollection. Go ahead, Nod.
2: Really? But I do remember being a little disappointed to find out that Bruce wasn't going to be the new full-time keyboardist. So, was Bruce a thing at this point, is my question? Well, Bruce had sat in with the Dead a few times at this point. Okay. Uh, so he was definitely a friend of the band. You can see there's a couple of Brent-era shows where, where Bruce sits in. And I didn't self- know that. Yeah, there's some... Uh, I think it's a lot of 89 and 88. Uh, and it's I self- didn't know like- that...
0: Why yeah. would they bring? I mean,
2: brand. I think there's is? many, well, not many, but a, a handful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they, I, that's somewhat so shocking
0: to me. I, I first of all, I had no idea. Thank you for enlightening me. Yeah. Second of all, how much keys do you need? Like brand, well, he was like,
2: Most of the time, he would play his accordion. He wouldn't. Right. He wouldn't join for second keyboard. Most of the time, it was okay. him showing up and and ripping a couple accordion notes on when I pay. was he
0: weird, Al Like uh, what basically. Is the, what is the purpose of this, anyway? Anyway, this is not a. This is not up to us. Um, was, he was <laughs>
2: winning Grammys at the time, which was the big.
0: Yeah, and the, and the dead have not, did not until this year, right?
2: Yes, their first competitive Grammy was was this year. For Best box set artwork packaging.
0: Best um <laughs> best uh hiring of uh, uh contractors to, to make God, box set yeah. packaging.
2: Damn it. <laughs>
0: um Okay, let's yeah. uh stop.
2: Oh. Yeah, I, he was a, a a buddy of the band's uh lead going up into it and he would first join the band as a member on the fifteenth of this year. There's like four or five shows without Vince, and I don't know. Why it takes Bruce an extra week to get there, but it it does. I'm guessing it's commitments with Bruce Hornsby in the range, but I I can't tell you enough about Bruce Hornsby in the range to say that with any level of certainty.
0: All right, so let's get into next week's show, and and again, um, so uh. the this is this is random. It's it's all randomized. This is the 1974 show from uh, oh, June June 23rd, um, 74. 74. Seventy four, I can, I can and the wrong.
1: We take the wrong, take the wrong lead for me to come in, boys.
0: <laughs> this is we got. A, we got a Dark Star jam uh, on set two there. Now I will say, and we don't have to listen to this if if we don't want to. But there is a Sea Stones, yeah, a Phil and Ned to all jam.
2: Thirty three minutes of Sea Stones. <laughs> listen, <laughs> you know me. I love.
0: Enough. I love ambient music. I do. I, I'm not gonna maybe listen to this one. Um, for for the listeners who don't know, uh, Sea Stones is. A rarity of a rarity, where Phil and Ned Lankin, what Larkin? Am I I well, we know how to spell Lankin. it,
2: but I've never heard it. Pronounced yeah, I now. think that's right. Okay,
0: we'll just say mm-hmm. it. I'm right. Um, Phil and, and Ned just come out and just play ambient-style music for like, I guess, most of the um, set break between set one and set two. <laughs> you know, these are long shows to begin with, <laughs> and then there's a thirty-minute uh, ambient jam.
2: But interesting.
0: Awesome. Um. Yeah. So th- this is, this will be a uh, really uh, fun difference for us. You know, getting out of the '90s, go back all the way to the '70s when they dead. were doing such different things. Really long sets. Looks like there's a dark star jam into a Spanish jam, which looks really cool. Um. Yeah, to this I've one.
2: listened to this show before. This is a fun. Oh, cool. One. Awesome. A rip in awesome. El Paso.
0: Yeah, and the Dead bring it to the High Life front in, in in Miami. So,
1: what was I'm what's the to. date? Again in 74, which what was, what was the actual show date? June 23rd, June 23rd. Cool. Yep. Yep. All right. So we're going to wrap up here. Uh, I
0: remember as we do every week to please smash that subscribe button, like, and share to all your Grateful Dead fans. Even, you know, people who don't like the dead, who just might want to hear us talk, uh, you know, spare it with them as well. You can find us wherever podcasts are downloaded, but not ones that rhyme loosely with Gordian Notify. Excellent, excellent Greek mythology yeah. reference. Um, nice. And yeah, and you can find us online. Our direct website is HelpOnTheWayPod dot You can email us at HelpOnTheWayPod at Gmail and of course the weekly thread. You know, this is kind of a marriage between you know podcast land and and Reddit. Um I have a thread uh that's usually stickied right there on top of the subreddit um redditcom r slash Grateful Dead. you can always find some really cool stuff including uh PCE's awesome AMAs and yeah, um, yeah and a lot of other stuff. Uh and I'm not going to I'm not going to give uh uh the games uh, GD channel a, a shout out cuz I don't even know if it's alive and and he's not here. Uh but I just want to say for myself and for Everybody else, PCE, thank you so much, man. This was great. Yeah.
1: And It was my pleasure. I, I really enjoyed it. i uh, um sorry I talked too much, uh, but I'd love no. to come back another time. Hey,
0: it's, it's, it's free to record. It's the yeah. beauty of podcasts. Uh, if they don't want to listen to us, they can just uh, skip forward to set two of yeah. September 7th of 1990, uh, which will be directly after us talking. Um. Any parting word for the podcasters or for the podcast listeners?
2: Yeah, I'd I'd like it to be known that if, if talking too long in a podcast was a crime, I'd have gotten the chair about 50 episodes ago.
0: That's right. And with that, we will be playing set two of September 7th, 1990. Vince's first show.
4: I'm revoke your soul for trying. Get back trucking on Get back trucking on Get back trucking
3: on, Get back trucking on.
4: Oh, cause the night, I'm still by your side, shine. This is right. Some folks trust reason, others oh, trust their might. I don't trust nothing. Beat us. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Thank okay. okay. And a man. So... <laughs> Without a warning, you stole my heart Take it, baby, tore it apart Let me stand in, in that corner crying. cry Told me love will slowly die Shine. a little bit high, a little bit high. Turn on the light, let it shine. Shine on me, shine on me. Turn on your light and let it shine. A little bit high, a little bit high. Let it shine, let it shine a little bit. Shine on. Show Come take this badge Off of me I won't wear it Anymore It's getting too dark To see I feel like I'm knocking on I won't share them anymore Sun is setting in the western sky I feel like I'm knocking on